past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're happy to have you here today. It is a cold day in northern Colorado where I am, so hopefully wherever you are in the world and whatever time of day it is, you're, you're warm and safe. Today, as usual, we're going to bring a topic to you to help you advance your career, and excited today to have our guest, Craig Crownover. Craig is an HR, senior HR generalist with Hewlett Packard, and Craig has kind of a different background, having moved through manufacturing and R&D and some of the finance roles in his background, kind of a strange direction for someone in HR to have come from. And because of that, Craig has some words of wisdom that he's going to be sharing with us about business acumen. So thank you for joining us today, Craig. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here, Marie. Yeah, I'm excited today to talk about business acumen because I feel like it's one of those terms that people in all walks of career throw around, they put it on their resume, they put it on LinkedIn, but a lot of times, um, sometimes they don't even really know what it means or or how to describe it, how to explain it, how to prove it. So I'm excited to talk with you today about that and and learn more about your perspective. Sure, yeah, business acumen is a frequent topic of discussion, especially in the HR function, certainly. And the question is, what do we mean when we say that HR professionals especially should uh, possess a business acumen? One could say that business acumen is simply understanding the business you support, but what does it mean to understand the business? And importantly, how do you go about doing that? Definitely. Now, I, in our in your bio, you share that you have this non-traditional background and from finance and doing some different types of roles. What made you decide to, to jump into human resources full-time? So I've, while I've been with one company for my career, like you say, I've had a variety of careers within that one company. And um, what I had the opportunity to do was, as you said, men, uh, work in manufacturing and finance and such. And they were fantastic experiences um, you know, but one of the problems I found, for example, in the finance function was that it had become very rote, closing books each month, forecasting the budget several times a year. I could tell you what I, what I would be doing the first week of August, two years from now, right, closing the books. The second thing for me anyway was I always had a passion for helping people and wanting to make a difference for them to help them solve problems. And Along the way, I had the opportunity to take a rotation into R&D as a business operations lead. As it turns out, that nearly every project they needed help with were essentially HR-related. They were hiring in this uh, very large R&D lab about 100 engineers per year. We needed better onboarding processes, improvements in the annual reviews, and the development uh, came along of a technical career path program. Working on those allowed me to make a difference in people's lives, and the work content began to be much more varied, and I really liked that. I got a new insight into 
HR without actually being in the function. And from that point on, I decided I really wanted to do that full time. And that was about uh, 18 years ago. Okay. And you never looked back. I know that you you love what you do. And of course, you're very good at at what you do. So thank you again for joining us here today and sharing your, your wisdom. Sure. My pleasure. Now, in your background in manufacturing and finance, what did business acumen look like in those roles? Or what did you see when you had colleagues or maybe when you were you're hiring in R&D, what did you look for to help you see what people had in terms of back business acumen in those roles? Yeah, so uh, one of the things you look at is certainly um, being able to uh, deliver first on your essential role, right? If you're hiring for engineering or you're hiring for finance or whatever it is, uh, you've got to be good at the core, right, of what you do and, and demonstrate uh, the basic expertise there. But beyond that, it's uh, maybe a inquisitiveness. It's a, a coming in looking to understand and know how your job, or at least being willing to learn how your job impacts the bottom line. Um, essentially, one might say you, you know how you get paid, right, because you've got this acumen uh, around understanding the business. Um, and I know that uh, spending time working with uh, bringing on the engineers or working in finance, um, all of those uh, taught me that uh, a, a very uh, business-focused perspective and, frankly, a pragmatism that um, – one had to deliver solutions in a way that helped the business move forward. One could not get stuck uh, on the letter of the law, so to speak, but one needed to really understand the spirit of the problem and, and without certainly compromising in areas where you shouldn't, especially in HR in the areas of compliance and things like that. Uh, but, but how can you um, really make a difference for the business from wherever you sit there's always a line of sight if you ask the right questions and know how to learn about your business in the right way. You can always see a line of sight between what you do and your business's success. Yeah, and I bet that those roles really helped you understand business support because you were, you were getting those different viewpoints. Certainly, absolutely. When you um, spend time... For example, in finance, the beauty of it, uh, if you will, is that you learn the language of business because business is led primarily by a financial language. And so if one does not understand how profit is realized by the business, you really don't know your business. And being part of a finance team gave me that foundation, which opened doors for years after my tour in finance. I'm still benefiting, and I still track financial progress of my business, whether it's the sub-business units uh, that I specifically support or the greater, uh, larger uh, Hewlett-Packard business. But in all of those experiences, in some way, um, I learned a lot about, um, you know, what the business was when it was in manufacturing. You're really at the heart of what my company at the time was all about. And we were making the products that were going directly and selling them to customers. So, we understand the impact and learned how uh, what we did affect the ability to sell or not, um, whether we would improve efficiencies or uh, our inefficiencies. It all helped us to know and certainly helped me to know how business was done at its most essential level. 
And by the way, in the manufacturing area, I also learned a lot about people and organizational dynamics by the experiences of working closely hour by hour with diverse people with diverse needs and different agendas. And all of those, um, you know, rounded out with the experience in R&D with those mostly HR-related activities, as it turned out for me, it just opened my eyes to, uh, you might say, a, a different facet of the business. Each of those are all part of the business. All are important, equally so, and, but they each provide a different perspective. And I'd say at the end of the day, it allowed me to be especially um, in tune with the concerns of business leaders. And that is, from what I'm, I'm gathering here, it's kind of getting outside of yourself no matter what area you work in and understanding how you're, you're contributing to the overall business goal, um, which I think sometimes is challenging for us, especially when we're at the beginning of our career, to kind of pick our head up and look around and not get too caught up in just performing as you said, our, our essential, uh, essential function, but to also be able to look around and see how we're impacting the whole. Sure, I, absolutely. And if without that, it's, it's hard to know, are you really even working on the most important thing that you can be within your sphere of influence? Um, are you um, understanding the pivotal action points that make the biggest impact on the business? Even if you have a very specialized uh, area of work, it's still being paid for because the business believes the investment's worth it and it makes a difference to the business. Sometimes getting there and that understanding requires uh, asking questions, uh, asking questions of your manager, your business leaders, and others outside your own functional area, in fact. Um, And spending time with folks like that is a fantastic way to really build your business acumen. Um, in fact, uh, John Boudreau spent, uh, who's a, a guru in HR and does a lot to help uh, businesses improve their processes and uh, business outcomes, talked about that it's much more important, you know, that we ask great questions rather than just having great answers. Um, sometimes we feel like we have to fake it till we make it, but. Uh, we need not be afraid to ask questions to learn more about our area of business, how things work, how the line of sight between what I do and, and how the business makes a profit, and getting explanations of those things demonstrates a real interest, uh, inquisitiveness, as I mentioned earlier, and and it tells certainly management that you're interested in more than just um, you know, keeping your head down, but you're seeing the bigger and broader picture and how you impact it. And frankly, folks are really happy to talk about what they do. <laughs> you know, when you ask around about why do we do this or why, how do you get that done, people are generally very happy to talk about what they do and how they do it, and that's a great way to learn about your business and your place in it. Yeah, and to, as you've said, um, indicate that you're aware and trying to learn and trying to be better at how you impact the overall business. And I, I know that you're from, of course, HP being a for-profit business that I've seen in, when, in my work with clients, that the same is true in nonprofits or in government. Of course, the goal might be different or the drivers might be different, but in government, for instance, the way that money is spent and the, the efficiency of how it's spent is 
is similarly of importance, not necessarily perhaps because of profit, because of, but perhaps because of the promise to the taxpayers of that district to use the finances well or to achieve certain goals in, in the way that the money was promised to be spent, whether that's a, a nonprofit perhaps or a government. And so the same principles that you're talking about apply in those other types of businesses and are just as important for someone in in HR or any other role to really excel in their career to ask those questions and to show that engagement in the bigger picture. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue to talking continue talking with Craig about business acumen, how you can improve your business acumen, why business acumen is so important, especially for HR professionals if you're in that profession, and give you some nuggets for moving that forward and advancing your career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Craig Crownover, a senior HR journalist with HP Enterprise. And Craig's been sharing with us his nuggets of wisdom around business acumen, 
what that means and a little bit about how you can develop that business acumen. And we're going to dive a little bit more into that as we go forward here with Craig. So, Craig, we've talked a little bit about what business acumen is and how you were able to to gain some of that, which hopefully gave people a few pearls of wisdom of how they can do so themselves, and we'll dive more into that. But as an HR professional, what have you seen in terms of how business acumen has enhanced your career? Why is why is business acumen so important in the HR profession? Yeah, it's a great question. Our effectiveness as HR professionals and as a business function uh, really does demand that we understand our business in order to deliver the highest quality services that address the most pressing needs of the business. As I had mentioned earlier, you can't really develop the right HR strategies or, or any business strategy if you don't properly understand the problem you're trying to solve. And the problems we're often trying to solve, even in the HR function, uh, but in any function, really are essentially business problems. You mentioned nonprofits and government, sec- government sector. Uh, there, too, again, they're essentially you know, that form of business, you might say, or form of government's particular problems, and we're trying to solve them. By understanding the concerns, the priorities, and the challenges of our clients, by learning the language of that particular business or government entity, we can be more effective to influence them, uh, them appropriately. And these leaders uh, and um, often um, either the leaders we directly support or are a part of or other functions uh, in our business or group, they're often the actual source of the problems that they often ask HR to address. Enhancing our business acumen enables us to wisely build credibility and build relationships that result in better influence for better outcomes. HR is usually in the position of having to influence without direct authority, so developing business acumen is crucial to, to our credibility needed to influence the leaders. And I can give you a couple of quick examples of where it works and where it doesn't. Where it first did not work is uh, I was with a particular general manager and did not understand the context that that company or that part of the company had lost um, money for the first quarter in 16 quarters. I was unaware of that, and I had a conversation with the general manager to talk about our working relationship. He, he really didn't care about our working relationship. He cared about making a dollar the next quarter. So, um, And I missed that. So he, what he did is he said, this is what I care about. And he wrote on a big piece of uh, engineering paper, R-E-S-U-L-T-S, results. He spun it around, put it in front of me, and tapped it hard and said, that's what I care about. And I said, understood. Thank you very much. And uh, But it just made me, it really clued me in that, I didn't know um, the business situation and what, he, what his primary concern and challenge was. The way I uh, learned from that and was, take, was taking the advice of a, of a friend who said, get a confidant inside the business who really understands the business and can clue you into the mindset of where things are at and how people are feeling and have their finger on the pulse of the organization. So uh, my friend Bob, not his real name, could really tell me what was really going on. He'd been in the business for a number of years and could give me new insights. So um, having that uh, new insight, I was able to come back later 
and really change the nature of the conversation with the general manager and with others on the staff to much more of a business-focused, much more of the pivotal issues that the business cared about and how my particular partner in that could help them solve the problems they were facing. Well, and I think, Craig, the other thing that strikes me in that story is that you didn't try to argue with him that what he was focused on wasn't important, which sounds silly, but I talk to a lot of people in all areas. In HR, someone might argue, well, you know, you're focused on results, but the way to get that is through people. Um, Or they might be in finance and they might say, well, you're focused on results, but the way to get that is more compliance. Or, you know, a lot of times we try to kind of push our values set on that that leader or that partner and what it sounds like you did was say okay this is what he wants is the results so I'm going to frame what I talk about in that language even if perhaps you were talking about getting those results through better people management you weren't framing it in that language it sounds like you were framing it in the language that he wanted to hear in in solving that problem in the way that he wanted to solve it, even if some of the how wasn't necessarily perhaps the strategies that he had thought of. Sure, exactly. I didn't understand, uh, you know, that language and how to get to the same place uh, that we needed to. And uh, we did need to get to a good relationship and a good working relationship. Um, That particular manager had been through a number of uh, HR uh, leaders in a very short period of time, so many had found it difficult to work with them. Uh, but I think uh, a big part of that was, was not developing the business acumen and seeing that perspective and then speaking the language of business and couching my priorities in that way. And it took practice, but uh, over time we were able to um, you know, get where we needed to go. And, of course, I still had to deliver on the basics. You know, there, there are areas where it's truly I need you to line up on compliance, right, to keep ourselves out of legal hot water. There, are, there is a time for a, a very direct conversation. But, but more often, um, being able to flex and be pragmatic, um, that's what the business acumen can help one do, is be pragmatic to the needs of the clients you're trying to serve. Right, and gain that influence by validating and making their problems important and and your problems rather than perhaps um, telling them that their problems aren't really the right problems, which I don't think we do intentionally, but we just do it because we're coming from a different lens and we see the problem so differently. Correct. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Could not agree more. Mm -hmm. So do you think that business acumen looks the same for our all HR professionals or how does it vary how has it varied in the different HR roles that you've played well I would say um, yes and no um, yes it looks alike in the sense that regardless of the role we play whether across the HR profession or across any other functional area that uh, one may play a role in uh, and regardless of the size or kind of business or group they are a part of, one needs to know, you know, really how you are paid. And what I mean, certainly for the for the HR function, typically, is that it's an H, it's a cost center, excuse me. And other than say PEOs or consultants, where 
you know, they are an HR company selling HR services. Other than that, business HR, for example, is not a revenue driver. So we have to produce value in keeping with the business's investment in the function. That's done by delivering what John Boudreau calls pivotal impacts and driving actions that affect uh, areas that make the biggest impact. So each of us, regardless of the area we're in, um, can get a line of sight by asking the right questions and seeing how what I do ultimately helps the business succeed or helps others in the business or, or nonprofit do their work better so that the services provided are better. But on the no part of my answer, uh, in meaning that no, not everything looks alike, is that, for example, if you're in a medium or large company, there's often more specialization with different players in compensation, benefits, business HR, etc. Your clients may vary. Your knowledge of their priorities and concerns may be different. So you have to know how you uniquely add value to the business and help the company succeed or make a profit or deliver services and um, ensure clients are served well. So how you help your particular clients is enhanced by your knowledge and understanding of their issues. So it's sort of one of those, you know, yes and no questions. There's a sense that everybody should have some business acumen, but the nature of that and the way it looks for you and your particular role may vary. Yeah, and I love what you're saying, of course, Craig, because I think that that knowledge is not only business acumen, but that knowledge is also our career power, right? You can't have a conversation with your boss about a raise. You can't have a conversation about an, an advancement if you don't understand your value to the business. And of course, you can't market yourself on a resume for that that new job or advancement if you don't know that value. So having that business acumen on the job then also rolls over into having the ability to communicate your value outside of the, the job or to people outside of the job. And there's there's a lot of power in that both for our business and and our job and our influence over those that we work with every day, but also for our own career and to be able to communicate our value to the business when we need to for our own interest, for our own career interest. So that is a, a, it's a tool or a skill that everyone can work on. I think we all can work on our ability to do that, which we'll talk about when we come back for break. And then it's something also that will help each and every one of us, no matter what role we're in, no matter what level we're at, our ability to understand our value, our our unique value, as well as the value of our role, and also to communicate it is, that's going to be a key to our success in that role and our success moving forward in our career. So when we come back from our break, we're going to dive into more specifics. Some of them we've already kind of talked about, but we're going to dive into some specifics around how you can grow your business document and what does that mean and and how can you take some actions every day at work to have better business acumen and to understand your value more. So we'll take a short break and be back in just a few minutes.
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In this fast-paced, technologically driven world of business, the stress can be crushing. It's exhausting business leaders and burning out good employees. It is not enough to work from the top down. We must now learn to work from the inside out. Listen to Innovative Mindful Solutions with Terry Geller. We will discuss ways to transform roadblocking emotions using mindful-based tools you can incorporate into your business and your life right now. Don't stress. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about one of those buzzwords, that people throw around, business acumen. And Craig Crownover, Senior HR Generalist from HP Enterprise, has been sharing his perspective on business acumen and why it's so important, what it is, and most importantly, how you can develop yours. So I know that we have um, some specifics here that people are dying to hear, Craig, around how you actually improve your business acumen. Yeah, great question. First, we of course need to know our own function and duties and meet the basics of delivery to the business. That's table stakes. Nothing will hurt your credibility as quickly as not delivering on your essential functional duties. So let's deliver what we own. That's number one. And it keeps uh, people open to your questions, your opinions, your influence, all of that. So that's the starting point. Second, uh, talk to your business leaders um, or governmental leaders and partners in the business. Get to know the structure of the business and how they make a profit or how they uh, deliver services, what makes them successful. Um, Who are the customers, the clients, the partners, and the competitors of the company? Uh, Ask questions about the cost structure, such as labor or support functions. 
the key here, as I mentioned earlier in a segment, was to ask great questions and keep asking until you understand. I had mentioned John Boudreau and his work, and he had he's done a lot of work to help companies um, improve their business outcomes. And I had mentioned uh, his statement about it's much more important that we focus on asking great questions uh, more than worrying about having great answers, not faking it till we make it, so to speak. So we spend more time asking questions to to define the problems and the concerns of clients so we can recommend better solutions. Uh, besides, as I mentioned, people love talking about what they do. As an example of this, uh, John had shared some work he did with a company that wanted to improve customer satisfaction. So for the HR function, their strategy after they thought about it was they wanted to uh, improve call center support by delivering best-in-class training, and that became their strategy. Improve call center support by delivering best-in-class training. However, the customer satisfaction scores did not improve after the training. Upon further examination, the actual pivotal issues that drove customer dissatisfaction were product failures, the speed of repair, and understanding why the product failed. The call center folks could not address these pivotal issues, so John helped the company with asking further questions like, what does better service mean? Um, what call center worker performance actually affects outcomes? Do any other processes have a big impact on the service outcomes? What they learned was the repair technicians in the home made the biggest impact on customer satisfaction. So the company changed where they focused their training, and John essentially led them in a root cause analysis, and the result was increased customer satisfaction once they focused on the right problem by asking questions and learning more about the business and how it really works, or in this case, was not working. So asking great questions is a critical part of enhancing your business acumen. When I Third, think that we put, we put some, yeah. oh yeah, sir. Just I think that sometimes we put barriers around that, or we don't know how to do that. And just another quick story. I think I've told this story on the show before, but my husband is an engineer, and their company has they call them all member meetings on at least a quarterly basis, and everyone's invited to the all member meeting. The president of the business or someone directly reporting to the president gives an update. And everybody can ask questions. Well, most of the time, people don't, right? They're, they're losing out on this opportunity, as you're saying, to ask great questions. My husband, and, and you know, sometimes he's, he uh, is outspoken. He's an East Coaster in, in an, a Midwestern-run company. But he always asks questions. And I don't know how he does it, probably by some of the other tips you're going to give here, but he always asks fairly good, intelligent questions, sometimes that maybe pry a little bit, but they're always good questions about, as you said, the cost structure or the customer or the business strategy. And I think that helps him understand the business. It also helps him stand out from the crowd a little bit because he's actually asking these questions. He's engaged in what the business is doing. He's thinking about how his role can play into achieving the goals that they're talking about at these all-member meetings. And 
you know, although sometimes I might cringe when he comes home and says, oh, I asked this question today in the all-member meeting. I know that because of what you're saying, it's actually a good thing. And in your company, you know, you who are listening, think about those opportunities that you have to ask those questions and perhaps what's appropriate in those settings, but how can you be a little bit more vocal and ask some of these questions so that you improve your business acumen and have the opportunity to show the business leaders that you're you're doing that. Sure. And usually those meetings are pre-scheduled, right? And so you have a moment. You have some time to think ahead what you might want to be asking. Um, and so that's a very good way to do that. Those are I like that story as well. It's a great uh, venue. Usually they come up repeatedly, so you have multiple opportunities to ask those kind of questions. And I think it depends on the stance you come from. When it's coming from a stance of really wanting to understand, really wanting to learn because you have a a passion for what you do and you really want to see the the business or group succeed, uh, then the tone and stance you bring um, is going to be well-received, certainly, as a general rule. I'd say a third thing besides asking these questions, it's learn the basics of business language, which is finance. In some way, learn how to read a financial statement, learn how your particular business group makes profit or controls its costs. Uh, knowing how to read a P&L is a great place to start. And if you don't understand financial basics, you're really not even understanding how you're ultimately getting paid. There's a connection between business financial success and their ability to pay for the functions that are in the business. Uh, so you can do that, and I'll talk about how to learn more about that at, uh, at the end here. Uh, fourth, I would say keep your external view fresh. This is something we often don't do because we get so busy in our own um, workload, and we just don't often feel like we have the time to spend looking outside our own uh, you know, video screen, uh, trying to keep up with the email flow. But, but knowing the industry and the external market, being aware of trends, competitors, and marketplace realities, reading those industry web magazines and reports help immensely. It's a way to learn and know the jargon of the industry and the trends so you can stay on top of what's coming. And it's going to give you better questions, as we talked about before. You're going to be able to be more proactive in the the solutions you bring to your particular area of expertise because you know where the challenges are and you can see ahead of what's coming. And fifth, I'd say um, be connected to professional groups. That's part of that external uh, focus that I mentioned. Um, For me in the HR function, I'm a member of the Society for Human Resource Management, which is called acronym is SHRM. Uh, It's a great resource. There are many others as well. Uh, Building business acumen is often available by being a part of local um, associations. If you're in engineering, there's IEEE and a whole bunch of others. But um, I'm also a member of my Northern Colorado HR Association. So even though my company has a significant amount of HR expertise and resources, I like to stay connected externally to keep that fresh perspective and my local association is one way I do that. And then I bring those things into meetings. I intentionally bring external thoughts, ideas, and perspectives into uh, the work I do. And, in fact, I even made it one of my goals this year so that I'm going to be measured on how do I bring an external perspective. And we tend to do what we get measured on, so that's why I uh, chose to do that. And it's good for me for a career standpoint. It keeps me connected 
uh, with peers, with other businesses. I, I see more than just my own uh, company, and, uh, and that's wise from a career growth and flexibility standpoint. Yes, definitely. That external network as well as the idea that when you're you're with a company and you're bringing in those external ideas and making that somewhat visible as you're talking about doing, it also prevents some of that idea of, you know, when they're going to hire someone for a promotion, people saying, oh, well, we need someone from the outside to bring fresh ideas. Well, no, you as an inside candidate then have also proven that you are bringing in outside ideas. I like that very much. Thanks, Craig. Sure. And, and for any of these things, if someone wants to get better at you know, business acumen or learning about their particular function, um, there's great free resources out there at your local library. For example, lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com. Um, is usually free through your local library. And there is tremendous training there, everything from program management to learning how to use Excel uh, to learning how to do HR strategy. It's all out there. And so um, that, that's another way to build your acumen is through uh, resources that are often free or through various associations that you might join. Right, and my husband took a finance class on on Coursera, similar thing to Linda Coursera. I think he paid to get the certificate. But yeah, lots of opportunities out there today to do some online learning, which we may think, oh, you know, is that really going to help me? But in these specific areas that you're talking about, to understand business, to understand finance, maybe to understand some other business functions like marketing or um, operations, we may all not get the opportunity to transition through those types of roles like you did, but through some coursework and, as you've said, through conversations and asking great questions, we can gain some of that same information about what's important to the business and how does the business work through conversations and free courses. Exactly, and, and when we think about business acumen, you know, one reason, you know, a question you asked earlier was, you know, why, what makes it important? Well, one thing is, I found it's just fun. It's just great to see something different beyond the narrow scope of our day-to-day grind. And seeing that bigger picture and how things fit together uh, is a fantastic way to keep things interesting um, and to know where we fit in the bigger world of whether it's business or the government or our nonprofit industry, whatever that is. Um, we just have a better sense of how we fit and uh, certainly uh, can add more value and, and turn that to um, advantage in terms of career development and and then again, of course, success in influencing those we support. Well, thank you so much, Craig. I don't know if there's a way that people can connect with you through LinkedIn or some other way if they're interested in, in staying connected with you. Sure, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Craig, just look up Craig Crownover and uh, just send out a message you want to connect, and I'd be happy to message you or uh, get connected with you. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit, so that's probably the best way to do so. Well, thank you so much, Craig. This has been very insightful, and I know that those people who are out there trying to improve their careers and take control of their own careers, these are critical skills that they can use to do that. So thank you. Here at the uh, Career Confidant, we'll be right back in our last short segment here. I'll tie a bow around this for you, give you some of those specific actions you can take to move this forward. And Craig, thank you again for joining us today. 
Thank you. It was my pleasure. And we'll be right back on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Craig Crownover from HP Enterprise about business acumen. And as he was talking, one of the things uh, that I'd read earlier kind of struck me. It's an article about how most of the um, women who are in senior leadership roles are in HR, and HR doesn't typically have a path to being the CEO of, of a company. And so we've got we've got this issue, right, especially in the U.S., where we know women are progressing into senior executive roles. And I would say even beyond that in the HR function, I've worked with a lot of female leaders in that function who feel like their success is is stymied in some ways because they don't have the influence that they'd like to have. And it caught, struck me, I guess, as Craig was talking, that most of the females I've worked with also have less of a perhaps a diverse background in their company. Maybe they went straight from engineering to engineering management and up the the chain quickly in engineering, but that means that they don't 
perhaps have a broader background in the business, or they've been in HR and made more traditional HR path, and again, don't have that background in finance or manufacturing that can give them some of the inherent business acumen that Craig is talking about. And what I've seen in the HR function here specifically is that when people in that role do not have business acumen or the confidence in that business acumen to to bring it into discussion, to use the language as Craig talked about, they do have less ability to influence the executive level decisions that they'd like to influence, even if they are a C-level person in that HR role. So this touches people's career from the very beginning to the very top. And perhaps because of career trajectories or the way things seem to happen in certain career roles for women, we as women need to work even harder to make sure that we are building this business acumen in, and using the five tips that, that Craig shared so that when we get to those roles, we can have the influence we want to have. True for everyone. I think that maybe there's less opportunity in some companies, some roles to get that business acumen through rotation, which is kind of what I saw Craig did, right? And some companies have that great rotation program and people get to go through and be in those different positions and learn business acumen by fire, by direct experience. But if that's not your company or if that hasn't been your background and you want to have more influence where you are and you want to have more influence as you grow, these are some great tips for you to pay attention to. To And, and I'm going to just recap them here for a second be a star where you are, or as Craig said, deliver on those critical functions that you need to deliver on. While you're doing that, don't bury your head. Pick up, go to the big meetings, go to those opportunities, seek out opportunities to ask questions of the business. Ask questions of people in other areas of the business. Work across the business. This is the benefit of of leadership programs within companies. I'm involved with the leadership program of a municipality. And this is one of the best things that people can get out of the program in that leadership program. If they take the opportunity to do it, is to make relationships with and ask questions of leaders in other areas of the government or in other areas of the organization, in other areas of the business. Those relationships and the knowledge you can gain from them and, frankly, the relationships in and of themselves are what give you the influence that you need to make a difference in your area, to do your job well, and then also to have the business acumen that you need to move across the organization or have impact across the organization as appropriate. Learn that language of business, which is finance. Don't shy away from it. Don't villainize it. You know, sometimes people will say, oh, you know, that business is just out for profit and that's a horrible thing. Well, if they don't make a profit, they can't pay you. 
And if the government isn't paying attention to finance, they're not being wise, wise stewards of money. If the nonprofit's not playing, paying attention to finance, they can't make sure the, the most dollars possible are spent offering services. No matter what type of business you're in, finance is important, not just in and of itself and as a means of its own, but to achieve what you want to achieve in the business. And when we villainize finance, when we villainize profits or efficiencies or whatever it might be that you hear people doing or, or perhaps catch yourself doing every once in a while, it's hurting your career to do that. Realize what the profit in your business brings, your paycheck and those types of things. If you really feel like your business is focused on profit and, and not in a good way, then it may be time to change businesses. But in every business, financial management is important to achieve the business goals. Hopefully, that's serving some kind of customer or creating some kind of product that changes people's lives. We've got to follow the dots there and find that purpose and then be able to understand that language so that we can share how we contribute to that goal. Get that external awareness. This offers us the opportunity to not only be a better professional, but in a lot of ways to get out of that daily grind that we might be so tired of. I had a client a long time ago who said she worked at Xerox back back in the day when copiers and printers and and that was all booming and being innovative. And she said she looked around her one day and realized that the people in her office, in her department, were much more worried about competing against the person next to them, beating that person or being better than that person in the desk next to them, than in innovating so that the company was beating the company that they were competing against or delivering the innovation they wanted to help the customer and obviously, we can see the long-term impacts of some of that thinking. When we get stuck and we forget who our customer is, we forget who our real competition is, and really, I would say probably most importantly, when we forget who our customer is and what they need being the most important thing we deliver in our business, then we're in, we're stuck in this this rabbit hole, and it's not very much fun for any of us. So getting that external view, both through paying attention to what's going on in your industry, but also what's paying attention in your, your industry function, your professional association, can widen your, widen your view, widen your network, make career transition easier, and perhaps just make it more enjoyable to do your job every day. So go forth, build your business acumen, be a star where you are, and home share with us the successes that you've had as you have these conversations, ask those great questions, and don't be afraid to do so and in your business and really learn how you contribute to your business. You'll be surprised at how it contributes to your career. And of course, we're always here for you on The Career Confidant, and we look forward to seeing you here next week. You can always reach out to me in between at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant, 
Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. We'll be right back. 